Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. A new decade, ready to go. Uh, a lot has happened. Uh, the whole Iran thing, World War Three. a draft is coming. Let's have some perspective here. And this is coming from me with Iran. Let's have some perspective here. I'll give you that, Ricky Gervais. Also, Epstein didn't kill himself. 60 Minutes report last night. That and so much more in one minute. So let's let's start here with just a, re, a brief recap of... Uh, we're going to war. It's World War Three. Maybe, maybe not. Let's uh, let's let's not count our chickens before they hatch here. Um, let's talk a little bit here. I'm going to next hour really get into who is this guy that we killed? Why did we kill him? Wh- what do we know about him? Uh, was this just something that you know Donald Trump did, just half cocked, or? Perhaps is this something that was coming for a long time, and yet no one seemed to understand the signs that Donald Trump was showing starting, oh, I don't know, maybe last spring. I'll give you that coming up in an hour. But let me just say this. World War III, I don't think so, unless uh, Iran really goes to town and i think the only place that they would really go to town uh and let everybody know it is israel they might let missiles fly to israel and destroy tel aviv that's what they're they're talking about now if they do that they are betting that that will awaken the arab world and the arab world would unite in a caliphate behind them that is a possibility wash the world in blood However, I don't think that they would take on America knowingly. So in other words, them sending a missile, you know, from a ship off the, off our coast or whatever, uh, or, you know, blowing up the presidential motorcade or, you know, they're threatening the White House. I just don't see them doing that directly as a state because we would wipe them off the face of the earth within an hour. They kill our president and Americans, no matter, no matter what Hollywood is saying today. Who was it that joked, uh, we'll, give it, we'll do it for half price? It was George Lopez that they said, what was it, $80 million yeah. bounty on Donald Trump's head? Correct. Yeah. And, uh, and um, he came out and said, oh, we'd do it for half that. Really? Would we, George? One thing that does bring Americans together is when you kill our president. Now, um, I don't think that they would do that. However, I do think that they would possibly go after an embassy. That's what they were doing, led by this guy. Um, that's what they were doing in, um, in Baghdad, trying to take our embassy. We have a history with Iran taking our embassies. This is the guy, as you will find out next hour, there's a good possibility this is the guy that actually orchestrated Benghazi. So he took over our consulate. Now he's trying to take over our, our embassy. No, you can't do that. Um, so what's the retaliation and what's the solution? Retaliation, 
we have to wait to see. But it ties into what I'll tell you next hour. Um, uh, World War Three. If it's just us and Iran, we win. And it's not going to be World War Three. If they really believe that they are put in the position now where the caliphate can happen, it would be World War Three. We'll give you more in it in just a little while. But there's no draft coming. This this it's amazing how the press works. First that Donald Trump is half cocked. No, I I can go back to your own reporting and find out all I need to know about how long this has been coming. Um, But the press is now trying to scare people into there's a draft coming. No one in the Pentagon wants a draft. No one, no military branch wants a draft. The only way that there would be a draft is if the Democrats insisted on one. Because every conservative and every single person in the Pentagon does not want a draft. Because you don't want somebody watching your back that doesn't give a flying crap and doesn't want to be there. You only want the people there who are prepared to fight. And Democrats propose a draft all the time. All the time. I mean, it used to be every single year. I don't know if they're still doing it, but they would propose a draft every single year because... You know their little philosophy that you know not enough white people I think are in the on the front lines <laughs> they seem to turn everything into race but that is a something that the Democrats have been talking about for a very long time it's not it's not realistic I mean we're not even at war right this, this is with Iran right now I mean we are in a proxy way and yes we did have a very high profile incident however that incident was covered under our our, our efforts in Iraq uh-huh. he was in Iraq. Uh, he was, yes, he was a high-level official he, who was organizing attacks against our troops in the country where we have an authorized mil- military yeah, action. And he's he's also not uh, he's not responsive to the people. He's not he does not fall under the elected government. That's the thing that you have to understand. There is an elected government of of Iran, and then above that, there is the Supreme Council. And the Supreme Council doesn't answer to the elected officials. In fact, they're the ones orchestrating what all of the officials are doing and who can run and who could be a legitimate candidate. So the people have very little say. But this guy in particular, he only answers to the Supreme Council, which is all of the crazy mullahs. He doesn't answer, doesn't have to talk to, doesn't have to report to, doesn't have anything to do with the elected government. So what you're talking about is a guy who is rogue, who's listening to religious zealots, and he's going around the world setting up ways to kill people and to kill Americans, to kill anybody that stands in the way of the Iranian idea of a new caliphate. I love, I love how they keep bringing in the, look, we've had intelligence failures before. And, uh, you know, who knows what this is. This, they're saying there was an imminent attack. And, and there's been these, you know, remember the Iraq war? Uh, you went into that and you had nothing. And it's like, well, I guess theoretically this is possible. But let's investigate this for a second. He's admitted a bunch of this stuff. He keeps going on television and saying he's killing Americans. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, unless he's lying. 
Now, you could definitely argue there's a lack of intelligence in admitting these things on television. That's a lack of intelligence, but that's the only one I think we're or dealing with. Or the lack of intelligence in the reporters themselves. <laughs> yeah. You know? it's that They're not even trying, right? No. I mean, you just look for things to, to target the Trump administration here. This, there, there's nobody who's uh, arguing that has any credibility that this guy... Uh, was not guilty and and was uh, one of the most dangerous people in the world. You can argue lots of things around the process around it. Like, oh, did did he call Nancy Pelosi in advance? Well, there, I'm sure that would have worked out well. We would have found this guy. He was he would have been in Acapulco before mm-hmm. before the the missiles started mm-hmm. coming. So I, I don't I don't you can't do that with this administration. They will leak against him on anything, and that he has to be. You have to be uh, guarding that side of it if you're Donald this Trump is what this happens when you can't work together on anything when there is nothing sacred and it's all about destroying a president when it's all about destroying a president that's what you get the president can't trust you can't t- talk to you can't bring you in for advice and counsel just has to do it without you because he knows that anything he says in private will immediately be leaked if they either disagree with it or think that they can get a political leg up. That's what happens. This yeah. is not good. And Trump has to follow the law whether he thinks people are leaking against him anyway. But what he doesn't have to do is follow every little traditional disclosure that friends used to give each other back Correct. in the day where they would go out and have drinks Correct. Uh, at the fancy steakhouse after work. He doesn't have to give them that. And that is the only thing they seem to be complaining about. Okay. This all relies on trust. And who do you trust? Well, 60 Minutes is now throwing... Uh, I, I, I don't... I, I mean, they were very careful last night to say, well, we don't have all of the facts. Well, if, if you weren't comfortable with what you were doing, you shouldn't do it. Um, but I think they were comfortable in reporting last night... It doesn't look like Jeffrey Epstein was all that sad. Doesn't look like at least. Oh, you didn't read his note. His note was devastating. Really? Oh my gosh! He this guy that. was on the the note. The note won me over. Definite suicide. Really? I mean, the things he was going through. Mm-hmm. I, I I almost feel that we shouldn't tell the audience because it may make them so sad that they all hang themselves. Well. I'm going to risk that. Oh. And we'll go over what happened on 60 Minutes last night. Oh, and Ricky Gervais, he oh, remains my hero. He's, I love him. He legitimately does not care. No. It's a, he's, I don't you know, know how he, he gets is? away with it, but he, it's awesome. He's Imus. Yeah. He's Imus. Yeah. All right, so let's... Uh, Let's go through what happened last night on uh, 60 Minutes with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, it's interesting because really this story was out there for such a long time. Conservatives complained about it for years and years and years that Jeffrey Epstein was, you know, the normal target was Bill Clinton that he was hanging out with. And nobody in the media cared about the story. Nope. Eventually we got to a point in which the guy who gave the sweetheart deal to Epstein was in the Trump administration. And at that point, thousands of reporters swamped to the scene. 
mm-hmm. uh, to figure out exactly what happened. And some of the reporting, honestly, has been really, really good. I mean, the, the Miami Herald probably at the top excellent. of that list, but there's been some excellent reporting on this. And now, you know, it does seem like the journalists have crossed the line as, you know, now they care. About I'm not sure it was all of the journalists. I think some of the journalists did care. I think it was all of their bosses yeah. either didn't care yep, or were being told not to care we know this with the james o'keefe story yeah. uh, where they were able to get the one reporter who you know was complaining about not being yeah, able to get the sto- yeah, story out you know years ago yeah so, nbc we know that as well so the so 60 minutes runs a big thing on you know, basically did jeffrey epstein kill himself and one of the guests they have on is a guy who was uh he was a a a doctor who was paid by epstein's brother to figure out the truth so realize that there's a motivation here into telling you that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill right, but himself. But he is also a credible witness. But a credible done, guy. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. done many, many uh, of these. And oh. He's very credible. So, uh, Sarah, I think we have one clip from Mike here on, uh, on from Dr. Michael Bowden is his name. Um, he is, or Baden, I believe it is. Um, he was a, uh, this is the guy who was paid by the Epstein family to kind of figure out, look into what really happened here. Uh, let's listen. Do you think there was foul play here? The forensic evidence released so far, including autopsy, point much more to murder and strangulation than the suicide and suicidal hanging. I hesitate to make a final opinion until all the evidence is in. People will say, well, you're being paid by Mark Epstein, so of course you're going to say that something suspicious is going on. That's a reasonable thing for some people to think. But our job is to find what the truth is, just to find out whether it's a homicide or a suicide. Uh, we're uh, still haven't gotten all the information. And this is not a guy who had, hadn't dealt with situations like this. Mm-hmm. He had thousands of them. Mm-hmm. Here he is talking about how rare it is to see the types of fractures uh, from Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein. Listen. I have never seen three fractures like this in a suicidal hanging. Sometimes there's a fracture of the higher bone or a fracture of the thyroid cartilage. But not three. Very unusual to have two and not three. And going over over a thousand jail hangings, suicides, in the New York City state prisons over the past 40, 50 years, no one had three fractures. <laughs> no, just no one, but just no one out of thousands out of 40 years. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, they and one of the other points he makes is they they have now these pictures have come out. They're pretty graphic of, of Epstein. You, you can see close ups of his neck and a couple things. You see like a line of blood essentially on his neck. You do not see blood on the noose that was supposedly used, at least in the pictures. Uh, you do not see a point where when you have a, a typically a hanging, you put the thing around your neck, it sort of slips a little bit. So you'd see almost markings of a slippage, which they did not see. Also, uh, they go into some uh, depth on um, the fractures, which just seem to be completely odd. And the fact that this, the pictures are more consistent with a wire, essentially a wire strangulation than a typical jailhouse hanging uh, of themselves. Um, however, the other evidence presented was pretty compelling as well. Um, and, you know, what do you want to do? You want to come up with a motivation for something like this if it's going to happen. And the motivation was clear in a suicide note. Oh, And the was suicide it? note was incredibly okay. powerful. I mean, you'd kill yourself, too, in this sure, situation. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, he makes several points here. Number one, mm-hmm. uh, Epstein writes, kept me in a locked shower for an hour. So, I mean, 
look, you, you, you molest a few hundred teenagers, you're not going to be, I mean, I mean, 20 minutes in a shower, maybe, but an hour in a shower? Now, I know, freak, first of all, showers are awesome. And, and as my wife would tell you, I've taken too many one-hour showers. They're, they're just awesome. However, when you're locked in there against your will for one full hour, that's 60 minutes, also the name of the show that mm-hmm, this happened on, mm-hmm. that's powerful. That's number Coincidence. one. Coincidence. How about this? Uh, it looks like Noel, who may have been one of the guards, mm-hmm. sent in burnt food. Holy cow. Now, the shower, you didn't have me, but now but they're now, burning the food. Burnt food. I'm, I'm starting to get sad myself yes. if I'm thinking this is happening to me. Right. Now you're really right. sad. Yeah. The next part, giant bugs crawling on my hands. Now, I, I, I wouldn't. That sounds pretty bad. I don't know exactly what happens. My guess is he wakes up in the middle of the night. There's a cockroach on his hand. He's not used to this activity, uh, likely. Uh, he. I don't know a lot of people that are, that are. used well, to I, I, that activity. I but... really did live in a couple of residences early in my life. Yeah, early yeah, in my it was life. Not, it was yeah. not so great. Um, however, those three kind of build up. You know, the, the shower for an hour, the burnt food, the bugs on the hands. That's all really bad. But it builds really to the final conclusion, which is typically the thing you would write before you commit an actual suicide, which is no fun! Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Two of them. Two Two exclamation points here. No fun. No fun. Now, of course, you go to prison for molesting a bunch of children. You assume it's going to be fun, but not here. No fun. Zero fun. Not even a little fun. He specifically says no fun. That's the most ridiculous suicide note I've ever heard. It doesn't see. I mean, it looks like a a couple of things he wanted to bring up to his lawyer. It has nothing. It doesn't look like a suicide note at all. Like maybe he's whining to his lawyer for better treatment or whatever. But that's not a suicide note. Unbelievable. No fun. No fun. <laughs> and the, it almost points to the fact that it wasn't a suicide. Why are you complaining about your conditions if you're about to hang yourself? I, well, unless suspicious. these are the reasons. But those are not, not reasons. reasons. No, not I mean, reasons. maybe the giant bugs. I might kill myself, too, if I had giant bugs all over my hands. But, you know, no fun. It's not going to be fun, bud. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Yeah, me too. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program uh, and uh, Mr. Pat Gray, mm-hmm. who is uh, joining us from Pat Gray Unleashed, a podcast which you can hear and download wherever you get your podcasts every day. Hello, Pat. How Hello, Glenn. Uh, Seems like a long time since you've been here. I, I know. Has it been six, six months? No, something like that? Two Seven? Weeks. It's been two oh, weeks. Two weeks? Yeah, wow. two weeks. Wow. So, but a lot has happened in those My two weeks. Gosh, a lot. Christmas yeah. and New Year's and Star Wars and all of that. Well, I was thinking about war. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, but Star Wars else happened? Yeah, Star huh. Wars. That's a war. Yeah. That's, that's Several a war. wars. Yeah, yeah I, I have a review, by the way, of 1917. <laughs> if you've wanted to uh, see this that. movie, wait for the review. It's coming up in about uh, an hour from now. Um also won the Golden Globe last night yeah. for Best Picture. I, I I watched it twice. Watched it twice. And it's... Uh, I'd say that's a good sign. Generally, a movie you hate, <laughs> you don't go to a second time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, this is huh. um, th- this is a really interesting movie, the way it was done. Really interesting. Better than Saving Private Ryan? I'll tell you in an hour. All right. Uh, Star Wars. Star Wars, I, I was blown away because I didn't expect to like it. I loved it. 
I loved, I loved it, it too. Really? I thought it was yeah. so now, satisfying. Here's my, wow. here's my yeah. theory. Here's hmm. my theory. My daughter came out of it. Now, this is Hannah. And she came out of it and she said, I really liked it, but it was so predictable. And I said, what? I've got a bad feeling about this. All of those <laughs> things that are in every single movie. Which they could do without. Right. And uh, I said, and she said, no, I mean, you know, the way it ended, blah, blah, blah. And I said, did you like the way it ended? And she said, yes. Do we have spoiler alerts here that we should no, be No, I'm not going to go into it okay. other than that. She said, yes. And I said, the difference may be that I remember going to the theater on the first one. Yeah, me too. And so I've yeah, gone so, through mm-hmm. this. I've lived this 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you don't give me a satisfying ending, I'm really pissed. That involves the people I care about. Yes. And it correct. did. And it did. And I thought it tied the storyline up yep. of 40 years. Halfway through that, I thought I could not have even been in the room when they were writing this script and going through all the possibilities because the possibilities are endless. You could have ended this thing a hundred different ways and mm-hmm. I would have just kept coming up with a hundred different ways to end it and everybody would have said, get out of here, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they ended it, the pressure of ending that story arc of 40 years is enormous. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, and I think that they More tied than 40 it, years. Yeah, I think they've tied it up in a in a in a satisfying way. Yes. And put it all to rest. I mean, I was huh. 16 years old when right. this began. Right. I'm 58 now. That that's a lifetime wow. of loving that movie uh, series. It's amazing. It's it's just it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. I had tears in my eyes because of that. I mean, I've lived my whole life with this See, I series. think that I think there's a difference because the people that I have heard that say they don't like it, don't remember the first movie. I, I was, what, 14 when it came out. So I, I remember going to the movie, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I had the same feeling. I had this feeling of this is a milestone in, you know, a stupid milestone, but it's a milestone in my life. Yeah. I was there for the first one. I'm here for the last one. See, I, I think that's why, and I did not see any of the first three in the theater, but I saw them all a thousand times sure, you right. know, yeah. growing up. And uh, to me, that was my problem with it. It didn't seem like they had a plan. Like it oh, was, I thought so. They went into, like, mm. you know, some of the major developments, some of which are in the trailer, uh, certain people coming back from long absences that <laughs> seemingly uh, were- Would preclude uh, coming would back. Would preclude coming back. Yeah. Um, those sorts of things just seem like, ah, crap. Like, the last movie was such a disaster. Let's ignore that one. Let's treat that one like Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, where Michael Myers isn't <laughs> in okay it. I'm okay with we'll that, We'll just kind of toss that one off to the side. I'm that okay one wasn't part that. of the series. And yeah. let's just bring back a couple of old guys and then try to wrap up everybody at the same time. I kind of feel like, you know, because growing up with this movie, I was always told, right, by George Lucas that there was nine of them. And there was supposed to be a prequel. And then there was a sequel. And it was gonna be, there was going to be nine stories. And, like... I thought you feel like at the beginning, this guy knows where the nine movies are going. Well, I got the sense that said. at the end of the day, this they well, got out of his... this last movie. They're like, all right, ha- that was a disaster. What do we do next? Uh, it's not I don't his story know. at the end, though. No, it's not. So it's uh, a it, whole different guy who's but doing it's it. Still, but it's still it still like had a plan. But I think Abrams decided yeah. early on, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this satisfying because Last Jedi sucked for so many people. I'm gonna make this satisfying for <laughs> people agree. who have lived it their whole lives. I agree. And, I, and think I think JJ Abrams was the right did. guy 
I agree uh, with that. I could yeah. do it. I, I feel mm. the same way that you guys are describing about The Force Awakens. Because to me, it, mm. it was su- the first three movies were, su- you know, the, tr- the prequels were such a disaster. Oh, yeah. I and, and I, I felt agree. like this like rejuvenated, yeah. brought back this series from I agree. the dead. You I know? agree. I liked The Force mm-hmm. Awakens. And I like, so I really like that one. And I feel like a lot of people mm-hmm. don't now. Yeah, I'm not this this one, though. But I, but I think it was mainly because I was like, oh, well, this, this yeah. it did something. Yeah, like it, I, I agree. It with brought you. it back. And Here, I, this I would one, put this in with the first three. Me too. I would go one, two, three. And this is four. This one. Oh, wow. This was number one, two, three. Four, five, six, and then this yes, one. But the actual 1977, 80, yeah. 83, then this one. Yeah. I, 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 I put that in this category. Mm-hmm. It fit with the old ones mm-hmm. much better, I, I thought. So too. Me too. Force Awakens, yeah. I really liked. I really liked. Yeah. Um, but it was essentially the first movie remade. That's <laughs> basically what it was. They all were. You know what was mm-hmm. weird is uh, over the holiday, we watched. We watched them from the beginning. We watched them in oh, chronological order. In chronological order, too. really. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and we didn't. Oh, it's the, we those... didn't watch the first one. We watched highlights of the second one, and we started really watching them at three. Mm-hmm. So we went three, four, uh, Rebel One, I think. Mm. No, we went three, Rogue then Rebel One, Rogue One, uh, yeah. uh, Rogue One, mm-hmm. and then four, and then <laughs> ha- was it Solo? Uh, Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we went Jeez, five. he really went deep. Yeah, we went deep. We tried to watch them all in chronological order. I watched one through eight without the two Spin-offs. side movies. Mm-hmm. I liked adding the two side movies in them. Yeah. I, I mean, I probably should have, but uh, but I but I didn't. Because <laughs> you uh, don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like Rogue One that much. I like Solo. Um but the first I three, Rogue One I, I thought, okay, I'll bet, I'll bet, I was just too hard on the first three. No, I wasn't hard <laughs> enough on the first three. No, the first three, the first three, the sequels suck. are so bad. That you mean the prequels? The prequels. I mean, yeah, the prequels are so bad they're unwatchable. Now. They really are unwatchable. They really are just bad movies. And I had to skip all the way through every Jar Jar Binks part. I, okay, no. I'm sorry. And then when it came to the Luke parts in Last Jedi, I had to skip all through that, too, because they just ruined him it does, uh, in that last movie. Does Vid Angel have a specific Jar Jar filter? That's a great feature to add. But that would be fantastic. Because it, it edits out like you know content you're not supposed <laughs> so to watch for kids and, or whatever. Yeah. They just have one button that's just Jar Jar. It just takes Jar Jar out of any movie. It's if he ever appears in another so, movie, it would take I, him out of that, too. Speaking <laughs> of this, I watched, uh, what's that Hollywood film with... Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. I watched that on the airplane, so it's been edited. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they took out of it. They probably took a lot. Was it like 22 minutes? Yeah. Because it was like four hours in real life. Yeah, it was like still two hours or two hours and 20 minutes, something like that. Um, And I don't know what they took out, but that movie is awesome. It it Mm. is the most accurate depiction of the 1970s I've ever seen. Except that it's, it's not even a true story. No, it's no, a no, fictionalized no. version yeah. of yeah. what happened, right? Right, right, yeah. right, right. But it's, but it is. I mean, you feel uh, that movie could have it been feels. made in the 1970s. It mm. feels like the 1970s, and the way uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino uh, did the flashback scenes and the and the. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the way he did the western and the and all the other things, I mean, it absolutely felt like the 1970s. It was definitely well done. It was really very well long done. in real life. Not as long, long as uh, the Irishman. 
Oh yeah, the and how was that? I heard that was really good. Too. I didn't. I only made it about halfway. I, seen that. I was I like, saw it. Was good. Is... Slow and really long. Like it's one of those. I feel like a lot of this. This time, this happens with a lot of directors. Where like you know, a movie could be good at one hour thirty eight minutes. And instead, it's three hours and fourteen minutes. Mm-hmm. And like I f- that, the Irishman was like that. It was like that. That could have easily been cut down to two hours, and it would have been fine. You would have got it. It would have been good. It was a good solid. Mo- I don't think it was any major achievement in the mob movie category, but oh. it was a solid. Hmm. You know, it was a solid mob I movie. I expected it to be mob movie. I mean, it had everybody in it. Yeah, everybody. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, good. Like they were all good in it. Like yeah. it was well done. It just was. It was. It didn't Slow. feel like some dramatic big event you know and it didn't like, it was in the golden globes last night i mean everyone was didn't expecting win. it to win everything and it, yeah, didn't, it didn't win anything anything netflix got completely shut out uh, netflix I think, did yeah which is funny because uh, they the, you know gervais started the whole thing yeah. basically saying how everyone was going to netflix yeah, that every, the netflix now rules speaking of uh streaming services what'd you think of the mandalorians first season now that you've seen the whole thing, or I assume I you have. I liked it. I, I liked it quite a bit by the yeah. end. I thought they redeemed themselves in the last few episodes. Yeah. It became I quite agree. interesting then. Yeah. I mean, but Yoda still, you take Yoda out of it, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, but you I can't mean, take baby Yoda, Yoda is, whole story Baby Yoda is really important. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying that it is, it's a weak story. <laughs> And made strong characters. because there's a baby Yoda in it. Yes, <laughs> yes. And you know, they're saying that baby Yoda that 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 this is the actual future of movies. That stars now are dead, which I don't, I don't agree with. Um, however, listen to the review of 1917. I may be contradicting myself, but they're saying that stars now are a thing of the past and. This is the first the the Baby Yoda series is the first um hat tip to the future of movies. It's an it's 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 CGI. Mm-hmm. It will be voiced by somebody. Nobody's going to hold the bank up, you know, and and rob Disney because I don't know if I'm going to sign up for another. It's CGI. And the lead character, your face the face was only seen one time. Yeah. One time. You can put anybody under that mask. Correct. And so they're hmm. saying now that it's Maybe. really just the stories and with CGI. I mean, you know, one thing that was amazing to me is when you go back and you watch, what was it, one of the prequels. I can't remember which one, but the, the, the Star Wars where um, Peter, what's his name, who was running the Death Star. Uh, mm-hmm. remember Peter Cushing mm-hmm. and uh, in Rogue One and he's he's CGI and you can tell he's, yeah, he's CGI. been dead for how many years would you have known that Carrie Fisher was dead not at all not not at all at all yeah. they improved it so much from the last time they did it yeah that you couldn't even tell she you was could, CGI you would, you would swear she was alive Afterwards, and cut all those scenes my daughter's was my daughter was like what she's dead yeah (laughs) yes three years that amazing three years so i mean you're we're now entering a stage where actors and actresses don't even have to be a part of it do you know that they're making a new james dean film with james dean in it yes he's the star that's amazing of it (laughs) he's the star of it and who's getting paid his family wow and it's supposedly going to be good Well, based on what they did with Carrie Fisher, I believe it. I believe they can do it. Thank you so much.
and houses are the same. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the program. Uh, we were just talking off the air about how uh, cars are not holding their value anymore because of all of the new technology that is out. And uh, you know, you used to go in and at least I would. You know, you'd go in and you'd try to buy a new car, but you'd buy the new car. You'd buy a 2019 today because you'd get a big savings on it. But people are not buying the 2019 because the 2020 has so much more technology on it. And if you go back and you look at an, uh, an older car, it looks dated inside. And so if you're somebody who trades cars in every four years, uh, you're going to start to get hurt um, because that car is... A, it, it's almost making the idea of the fleet... Now, this is according to one of the guys we talked to. He was the former chairman of the board of GM, I think. He said GM won't be making cars the way we think about cars today by 2030. He said there'll be fleets and most people won't own their cars. And that was such a hard thing for somebody of my age to think not owning a car. But the way cars are changing in technology... The, the only car that's going to not look completely outdated or be completely outdated is Tesla because it will update its software all the time. And so when you want that new, you know, that new thing, you just update the car. Well, GM, all these other car companies are not doing that, which makes the resale value of your car go dramatically down. More on houses of the future coming You're up. Listening to Glenn Beck.